Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hey, Missa. Hey, Katie. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, We are recording this on March 24th, which is just a couple days after the uh, shooting at the Table Mesa King Supers up in Boulder. Um, I know for me, that was terrifying because I lived in Boulder for many years. I still have a lot of people who live, know a lot of people who live in Boulder. I went to that grocery store all the time when I lived in Boulder. Um, I still go to it sometimes, like if I'm in Boulder and I need to stop by the grocery store, that's the kind of the grocery store on the way out of town to Golden where I grew up. So it's, you know, kind of the place you stop by if you need to pick something up real quick. Um, and so it's, yeah, it was really terrifying to have that happen on Monday and, um, yeah, just my heart goes out to all of the people who lost loved ones to some guy who decided he needed to buy an AR-15. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's It's very heartbreaking. Um, I'm very glad that I heard about it from you because I think if I had heard about it from the news without talking to you, I would have <laughs> had a panic attack and passed out because I know that you know, I, I know where you are and I know you like to shop at King Supers. So yeah, I'm glad that you're okay and that your loved ones are okay. And our, our hearts definitely go out to everyone who is affected. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just really tragic. This is the third major shooting that's happened in Colorado. And as a lifelong Coloradan, it's incredibly frustrating because every time we try to pass gun control laws, people, fight them and these things just keep happening and they're going to keep happening unless we put in some serious regulation and like i'm not talking about taking your guns it shouldn't be more difficult for me to purchase sudafed than it is for some people to get an ar-15 so yeah yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah i i come from a gun owning family my dad and my brother are major hunters I grew up shooting guns. One of our Easter traditions is to do target practice. I'm not anti-gun. I know there are people who are. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pro common sense gun control and banning assault rifles, obviously. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I grew up in a hunting family. Um, grew up around guns. I was raised no, to no gun safety, but also... Yeah, nobody needs an AR-15. Like, no, nobody needs it. It's also affecting Mexico. Part of the reason why the cartel has uh, gained so much power is because they're buying AR-15s in America and taking them across the border. So we just, we need some more common sense when it comes to gun legislation. And that does not include just a free-for-all. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. So, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So that was our our little soapbox for the episode. We are going to move on to a much lighter topic today. Um, This is kind of a, kind of a, (laughs) a big passion of Katie's. um, And she's been really excited to talk to you all about it. Um, So today's topic is herbalism. Yeah. And this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I have 
been surrounded by plants and plant lore my entire life. My grandma is to this day an avid gardener. She grows a lot of her own vegetables in the summer. And, you know, I remember being a very little girl and every spring we would go down to my grandmother's house and help her plant her garden. Um, And my mother was also a florist. So, you know, there's no child labor laws for family businesses. So I started working for her company when I was about 12. And I've worked with flowers and plants in that capacity. Um, I even did it professionally after college because graduated during the recession. And, you know, I had 10 years experience being a florist. So, of course, that's a job I could get. Um, And then, but really, when we talk about herbalism and working with it spiritually, my basis there comes from this weird um, camping trip I took in middle school. So I went to a hippy dippy private middle school where we did three camping trips a year. Um, and one year we did a primitive camping trip. If you don't know what primitive camping is, it's basically camping where you take as few accoutrements as possible. Like in during this trip, we didn't sleep with a tent. We created a lean to with a tarp, um, that sort of thing. We made our own fire, and this also had the theme for um, some reason, like we read Clan of the Cave Bear, and we based the trip off of like the roles in the Clan of the Cave Bear, which as an adult, like there were some chapters they skipped over, and I was like, oh, why did they do that? And I read back, and it's because of sexual assault and really awful things that happened. So... Yeah, that was weird. Um, But yeah, so during this camping trip, I was given, we were all given tasks. Some people were the the fire makers. Some people were the quote unquote hunters. I was the quote unquote medicine woman. And in preparation for this camping trip, like some parents volunteered and took us to what I think used to be alfalfas. Now that same store is a Whole Foods. And they had bulk herbs and they gave us a book about herbal medicine and we're like look up these you know ailments that might happen to you while you're camping and find the herbs that'll work and we'll buy them and we'll bring them on the camping trip and so that's where I really started to learn about herbal medicine was this weird middle school primitive camping trip where I was made a medicine woman again how did I become a witch um (laughs) (laughs) and then Uh, I also studied ethnobotany as a part of my archaeological degree in school. So I do have some formal botanical education because that was part of that. And then, um, you know, just as I've dug more into witchcraft, I've really focused my specific brand of witchcraft on working with plants. I've grown and dried my own plants. I've made teas and tinctures. I've taken a handful of herbalism classes. I've you know, worked with plants spiritually. Um, I've done like one mountain day trip where we were working on identifying plants that you just found along the trail, that sort of thing. But that being said, I do still have a lot to learn. I really want to take a more intensive like herbalism course over the, you know, that spans several weeks, but those tend to be, you know, very expensive. So I haven't been able to afford that yet. But yeah, that's, my experience with plants and herbalism and it's why I'm so passionate about it so yeah yeah I'm uh not as uh into herbalism as Katie but I do have a 
a background. I don't want to say a background in farming. My brother is kind of a farmer. He's a landscaper. Uh, he lives on an almond orchard. And yes, that is how you can tell where I'm from and that my brother is an almond farmer is that we pronounce it almond. <laughs> um, and I grew up on an acre of land. I grew up next to my grandma. She also had an acre. Um, so we lived off the land as much as we could, not as much as my siblings did, but um, we grew a lot of our own fruits and vegetables. If we didn't grow it, there was a, a garden a couple streets over, um, a family that sold various produce. So a lot of the stuff that we bought, we didn't actually buy at the grocery store. I didn't have a raspberry until I went to college. And I was like, these are delicious, mom. How come I've never had raspberries before? And she's like, I could never figure out how to grow them. Um, so my mom is very much like a kitchen witch. I don't think she'd ever call herself that, but she definitely is. Um, my mom grows a lot of her own herbs um, and will dry them. All of her old McCormick spice jars are filled with homegrown and dried herbs. Um, so I'm, I'm just used to that kind of herbalism more is, is more kitchen witchery. Personally, I don't grow any of my own herbs because I have a black thumb. I'm trying to learn to be a plant mom, but I, uh, I haven't quite got there yet. So most of my herbalism is, that I work with is making tea. Um, I'm a huge fan of tea. Every year I get more and more into it. And so like, especially, and it wasn't even really for this episode, but kind of leading up, up to this episode, I just got a whole bunch more tea and like ways to drink tea and, you know, all of those kinds of effects. Um, but I would say that I am new, new to herbalism. So uh, I think I'm going to learn along with all of our listeners today from what Katie has to say. Yeah. And that's a little terrifying. Cause I, you know, there's this thing there is this idea that the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And that's kind of where I am with herbs. Like I know enough to get myself in trouble, but I am also very conscious that I am not an expert. So yeah, this is going to be fun. I, but also like, I feel as though I want this episode to be a way for people to access herbalism like I am not an expert this is not a way this is not a guide for you to also become an expert in herbalism this is just like a rundown of what herbalism is and what you should do if you're curious and you want to learn more so yeah yeah absolutely and that's I mean that was the whole reason that we created this podcast is just when we were brand new to our practices we were listening to a lot of podcasts and they were just experts talking way above my knowledge level and they'd be talking about herbalism and things and baneful herbs and like everything else. And I was like, I, you are talking so far above my, my skill level right now that I don't even understand what I don't understand. And so that's why we wanted to have this podcast was to really be like, Hey, here's, we're starting. Here's how you can also start. So that's really what we're going to be getting into today. We're not going to be giving you some, you know, huge background on herbalism and, you know, this isn't a $500 herbalism class. This is just us sharing what we've learned so far. Exactly. So jumping in, let's start with how you get your herbs. Um, so right off the bat, you can buy your herbs. I would heavily recommend buying from a local apothecary because you can trust the quality of what you're getting more. And, you know, it's also better for the environment, better for your local economy, all that jazz. Um, if you are in Denver, 
Uh, there's Rebecca's Apothecary up in Boulder. There's Apothecary Tinchura in Denver. Um, there's Botanica Yamaya in Denver. And then there is Ritual Craft um, in Wheat Ridge, which has an apothecary section as well. Um, but yeah, in general, just look up an apothecary, look up a witch store, look up a botanica, um, and they hopefully will have an, a fairly extensive herb selection. That being said, um, you know, it might be out, really out of your way to go to one or what, for whatever reason, they don't have the herb that you want or the herb that you're looking for. So a few like natural or organic grocery stores like natural foods or whole foods, they have a pretty good selection of herbs as well. Um, so I know personally natural grocers, but if you just go into like their bagged herb section, they'll, they have gigantic bags of lemon balm, spearmint, chamomile, um, all of the really basic herbs, they just have bags of them you can buy in bulk. Um, uh, you can also fresh herbs. I know you can buy those at the grocery store as well. Um, I know personally, H Mart here in Colorado has a really great herb selection. Um, that's a Korean grocery store chain, um, just if you hadn't heard of them. Uh, so if you're, yeah, so just be mindful there. Um, also be mindful going in, into botanicas as well, because both H Mart and botanicas tend to be, uh, spaces for people of color. So just be mindful if you're a white person going into those to, um, not drain the resources from those places, but also to be respectful and understand that that space isn't for you. Um, and then if you absolutely cannot find them locally. Uh, you can buy them online. Uh, Mountain Rose Herbs is one of the best places to purchase herbs online in bulk or online in bulk. Um, you can buy from Amazon too. Back early in my journey, I bought at least one herb from Amazon. Um, but you know, Amazon's evil. You should try not to buy from Amazon. <laughs> yeah. That um, being said, Whole Foods is owned by Amazon. So um, you know, if you're, if you're thinking, well, I'll just go to Whole Foods instead of buying it online, that you're just giving money to Jeff Bezos still. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, but um, there's no, there's no yeah. shame in buying it online. Um, there are no places for me to buy herbs in my town. I even went to our natural food store thinking like, oh, I'll be able to get something here. Um, and I just wanted some like herbs for tea really. And so I went in and I went to the tea section and there was nothing. I went to the bulk section and there was nothing. And like really all they have are some like essential oils. And because I, I live in the country, there's there's not a lot of stuff here. So it, there's no shame if you go, oh, gosh, Katie has like 500 stores that she can shop from without leaving, you know, without going 20 miles away from her house. It's OK if you can't do that. Um, there's, there's no shame on buying online. Again, Katie mentioned Mountain Rose Herbs, but if you can find someplace that seems legit, um, you know, small businesses, things like that, definitely, again, that's where you want to be spending your money. If you can spend it there instead of Whole Foods, there's no shame in that. Yes, exactly. Um, the other thing you did mention there is that Sometimes I worry with Amazon, the quality of their herbs. So yeah. just be careful from the source that the, the source that you're buying from on Amazon, because you don't really know where they're bagged or coming from or what could be in there along with the herbs. So just 
that's why I would generally re- recommend a small business. Um, I also think there's some people who sell herbs over Etsy. I haven't done that personally, but I've heard of such a thing if you want to look that up. Yeah, um, definitely read reviews. Uh, if, you know, if it's Amazon, if it's Etsy, if it's anywhere, um, you, you want to be sure that, you know, what you're getting is legit and that it's safe. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you've ever bought anything from Amazon, you know, sometimes it doesn't come as advertised. Uh, you don't want to be getting that ordering something that you're going to be ingesting and have it be something that's potentially harmful. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So just be careful and mindful and don't, uh, you know, just as we've said before, be purchased consciously. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. So another way you can get your herbs is you is you can grow your herbs. Um, I really recommend this if you have the ability to do so. Um, It just really helps you connect with the energy of the plant. And also you get so many, you get so much. I've grown plants before and I'm not currently growing any herbs right now, but just from the time that I have grown herbs previously, it has allowed me to stock up so much that I have, you know, a two or three year supply of herbs in some cases. So, yeah, I mean, it's also economical in addition to being spiritually fulfilling. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, growing herbs can be in and of itself a spiritual practice, you know, watering your herbs, talking to your herbs, and you can grow and harvest your herbs in that situation in a spiritual manner. So if you have a green thumb, uh, if you're good at growing things, that's definitely um an incredible option for you. And you can also, you know, share the wealth with all your other little witchy friends when you have an overabundance of a certain herb. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't have a lot of outdoor space, you know, we know there are a lot of city witches. Um, they have a lot of herb kits. Usually it's like basil and things, but they have like the little grow, like indoor grow kits that you can get um, that you could grow any herb in. Really, it's just a, a way for you to grow a, herbs in a small space. And those are Mm -hmm. plentiful. You can get them like anywhere. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And another reason why I really like to grow my own plants is that it is a great way to gain access to plants that are really hard to purchase otherwise. A good example, I keep reading all these lists that say that bee balm makes a really tasty tea, but I can't find bee balm dried anywhere. Um, So really the only option is to grow it. It turns out my dad grows it in his garden. So I think next summer I'm just going to steal some and dry it and see how it tastes as a tea. Um, But yeah, so there are some plants that you're not going to be able to find unless you grow them yourself. Um, And it's unfortunate, but I mean, it also is a great reason and excuse to be growing your own plants. Yeah. You know, if if I ever... My, my life goal is to live in the practical magic house in one form or another. Um, and they have that beautiful greenhouse. And I would love to be able to do that with my own space one day. So I, I do want to be able to <laughs> grow and dry my own herbs one day. I'm, I'm starting slow. I've got a, uh, <clears throat> a f- I've got some ivy and some parade roses that I'm trying to keep alive right now. Uh, I am on my second uh, pot of parade roses um, because the first one died immediately, but we'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) 
you should grow mint or try with that first because mint is one of those plants that you can't kill no matter how much you want to kill it. You can't kill it. I do know this um, actually because um, again, I, I grew up on some land and I used to have to mow the lawn and mint grows like a weed. And so there was one patch in the middle of the lawn that we could not, it was mint and we could not get rid of it. And so you would know you, mm-hmm. you would know when you hit it because you'd roll over it with the lawnmower and all of a sudden it would smell so minty fresh. Yeah, mint is just really tenacious. You should grow it in a pot because it will take over mm-hmm. your garden. That's what happened to my parents' garden is it eventually just became like a gigantic patch of mint that they then had to pull out. Um, but mint's crazy. I've been on hikes like five miles into the back country and I found a patch of mint from someone <laughs> who must have like some seeds much must have drifted there. So like mint is hella tenacious and very difficult to kill and if you have a brown thumb i really recommend starting with mint because there's just so much of it and you can make mojitos hell yes you could all right i'll get a mint plant as soon as i figure out where to buy plants in this town (laughs) so that's where we go to next (laughs) so to get your plants um you can buy There are, you can buy seedlings and just plant them in a pot and you can start that way. I really recommend that if you have no experience growing plants that way, because sometimes the germination process of seed to seedling can be a little tricky and there can be a lot of failure there. Um, But yeah, I really recommend that you buy some herbs and seeds um, and you can just get them from your local nursery. You can get them from Home Depot. Friggin' grocery stores sell some herb seedlings that you can then put in a pot, that sort of thing. Um, so I know uh, basil is a really common herb to see at grocery stores because yes. it's so good, fresh. And there are people who just like buy live basil until they kill it. And because like the basil seedling only costs like three or four dollars, they don't really keep, you know, keeping the basil alive very seriously. And they just go out and buy a new basil plant whenever they need one. I will say. I- don't do that. Respect your basil more. I, um, I will say I have probably yeah. bought like 10 basil plants in my lifetime <laughs> and they always die. I don't think they're perennial though. I think they die every winter anyway. So I don't feel too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. So you can buy them just from your local like muggle nursery, Home Depot, that sort of thing. Lowe's. Ace Hardware. I don't know if Ace Hardware has a plant section actually, but um, yeah, you can just buy them from your local place where you can get plants. Um, some seeds and plants are hard to get though. I know you can buy some seeds on Etsy. Um, my local witch store, Ritual Craft, does a plant sale every spring. They do a, a plant and seed sale every spring that has a lot of plants that are hard to find otherwise. Like they do a I don't think they do this online. It's just a local thing. But if you like baneful plants, they have a good supply of baneful plants. They have a lot of black flowered plants. They have a lot of plants that you just can't pick up. Like that's where I got my mugwort plant. I don't think you can get a mugwort seedling anywhere that is a muggle place. Um, So yeah. So maybe look to your local um, witch store or Etsy, witchy Etsy sources, or I know ritual craft is send, selling some plants online right now or some seeds online rather. Um, but yeah, look to your local witch store. Maybe they can be a good source for you to get 
uh, plant or a seed that you're having trouble finding otherwise. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have a local witch store or, you know, lo- things like that, um, I would keep your eyes and ears open. And this isn't really something that we've talked about in the past. Um, just for the surrounding areas, there may be some kind of like witch gathering or pagan gathering, something like that. Um, that happens once a year after things go back to normal, um, where they bring in a lot of vendors from, you know, the surrounding 300 miles or something. So you may end up getting access to a vendor who, you know, maybe you have to drive an hour, maybe they have to drive an hour, and you can kind of meet in the middle. And there's a lot of resources at those events um, and a lot of ways that you can find you know, gain access to these people in the future. So maybe they they only have a website. They don't do Etsy or anything like that. And you wouldn't have found them without going to that kind of event. So once we're able to start having those kind of festivals and things again, I don't mean like Coachella festivals. I mean like, (laughs) you know, just just gatherings and and things like that where they have those vendors. Um, Keep your eyes out for those because they'll sell plants and things like that at at those types of events. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I think it's like a witch festival or pagan pride or yeah, pagan pride would probably be the resource for that. Yeah. We um, have in, but in yeah, San just, Francisco, there's the, the witches of confluence event. Um, it's fairly new. I think they didn't get to have it in 2020. Obviously, I think they had something online, um, but they have a ton of vendors there. They have classes and things like that. It's in San Francisco is a drive for me. Um, but you know, it's, it's an incredible experience. I met some amazing vendors that I still buy from um, when I went to that event like a year and a half ago. So just just be on the lookout for anything that's kind of in your general area. You know, it might be a fun weekend trip for you if it's maybe a few towns over, even maybe across the state line, something like that. Yeah, so once you have the plant, you grow it. But you need to know when to harvest it. So you need to actually learn about the plant because there's some things like the aforementioned mint. You want to trim that baby as often as you can because you never want it to go to seed. Um, and generally, you don't want herbs to go to seed um, and because once they do, they turn very bitter. Um, and what I mean by going to seed is all plants flower eventually. That's their reproductive cycle. That's how they continue on. That's how they create seeds. Um, so basically you want to keep trimming it, not only for plants like mint and basil, the more you trim them, the bushier they become. Um, but also it keeps them from going to seed. And if you allow them to grow and not go to seed, then they'll just keep getting bushier and bigger. And then you can, have more of it and extend the harvest time and just have more herbs to use. Um, That being said, some people do really like the flowers or the seeds of some plants for medicinal purposes or to make tinctures or to make essential oils, that sort of thing. So if that's your plan, learn what you're doing. But generally, like if you want to grow mint, you need to trim it, you know, every couple of weeks or so. And yeah, that might mean that you're the crazy lady with, you know, 50 bunches of mint hanging around your house at any time. But in the end, you're going to end up with a really great harvest of mint that might set you up really nicely for a couple of years. Honestly, that um, sounds like the lifestyle I want to lead. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Why get into witchcraft if you're not going to have sketchy bundles of herbs in your house? Like, 100%. Um, and um, the best 
way to learn how to do that, you can Google it, but I very heavily recommend getting yourself a reference book. Um, so not only, you know, when to harvest it, but you know how to harvest it and what plant part of the plant you use. So, you know, some plants, you just want to use the root, some plants, you want to only use the leaves, some plants, you use the flowers. You don't really know until you get a reference book. Um, so, and also it teaches, as I have said previously, the reference book will also tell you like, Hey dummy, don't take a tincture of parsley, which seems very innocuous when you're pregnant because it can actually have adverse effects on your pregnancy and cause you to spontaneously miscarry. So don't, don't, yeah, just get a reference book. So you're not accidentally, so you know what you're doing when you're harvesting and you can be an herbal witch with the most efficacy, but also, you know, don't uh, kill yeah. yourself, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then once you have your herbs, you need to bind them into bundles and you hang them upside down for at least two weeks in a dry, dark place. That allows them to dry enough to be stored in jars. Um, and the storing in jars part can be a bit complicated. Sometimes you just put them like the herb bundles, you know, cut the string off, obviously, but put them in a food processor or a coffee grinder. I don't own a food processor. I only use a coffee grinder, FYI, um, or a mortar and pestle, but that's more for just like single use teas and stuff like that. But, um, some people like to put the herb in a food processor and make it into, you know, tiny tea sized chunks, that sort of thing. I do that if it's a plant where you can use all of the aerial parts, aerial parts means, everything that's above the root. So leaves, stems, flowers, all of that. So I think I grew yarrow and I harvested it and that's a plant where you can use all of the aerial parts. And I put that in my coffee grinder and it's in a jar now. Um, but, uh, there's some where you just use the leaves like lemon balm, you just use the leaves. So that means that when you harvest it, you have to like strip the leaves off of the plant my dad grew a bunch of chamomile yes last year and we dried it and I still haven't helped him harvest it because I know it's going to be a huge pain in the butt to like pick off all of the little chamomile buds. Um, anyway, but yeah, it can be really tedious jarring your herbs, but it's worth it because then you have herbs. Um, but yeah, so that's basically how you get your herbs uh, stored in jars and ready to use if you hey, grow them. I need to look what chamomile flowers look like when they're growing. Um, Cause again, my parents are plant people. Um, and so they can usually tell what a plant is by its leaves before it actually starts flowering. And my mom was at my house um, mm -hmm. uh, like last month or two months ago. And she was like, is that chamomile? And I was like, I, I have no idea. Like, I can tell you what, like, four plants are. I can tell you what a lot of fruit trees are by their leaves, but not, like, herbs and and, the, and flowers and things. Um, but I may have a chamomile plant growing with, like, a bunch of wildflowers in front of my house. So I, I got to double check that. It's probably not, but, it, you know, yeah. you never know. I mean, chamomile, um, the flowers themselves just look like tiny little daisies, but they're clustered. It's not just going to be, like, a single daisy it's going to be like a tall plant with clusters of little daisy like um flowers up the top and there are different varieties of chamomile so not all of the leaves will look this way but uh, my 
the chamomile my dad grows has kind of lacy leaves, if that helps. I, this is a podcast. <laughs> it's very difficult to describe to you what plant leaves look like. But yeah, I'll, yeah. maybe I'll take a picture and send it to you um, um, probably tomorrow because I think it's almost sunset. But <laughs> or I'll just Google it because, you know, I have yeah. the Internet. True. And that actually brings us to our next point, which is finding your herbs in the wild. And this also comes to my next, my first point in this, which is make sure you are absolutely sure you know what you're doing, because otherwise you are going to die. Like there's, don't just eat plants randomly because you think you know what they are. If you're not a hundred percent certain what they are, fucking don't do it or you are going to die. Like there's full stop. There's no, there's nothing redeemable about this. It doesn't mean being cautious. You are going to die if you just eat plant, put things in your mouth if you don't know what they are. Yes. So. And, and don't do that. That's disrespectful to your ancestors. Your ancestors worked really hard to figure out what plants were edible and what would kill you. And we lost a lot of people to those kinds of things. Uh, don't disrespect the ancestors like that. Use the knowledge and wisdom that they have passed down to us to figure out what is safe to put in your mouth. Yes. And like, take the idiot from into the wild. Like I know a lot of you probably idolize into the wild, but as someone who has done a lot of camping and outdoors work, I was just talking about a friggin' primitive camping trip I did when I was goddamn 12. Um, but like that guy from into the wild, don't romanticize him. He's a fucking idiot who got himself killed because he mixed up plants and he ate something that was poisonous that he thought was edible. Don't follow his example be a hundred percent certain of what you're eating before you put it in your mouth. Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially because there are a lot of plants that look really similar to each other and one is really good for you and the other will 100% kill you. Uh, So, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's something if you're looking into plants, if you're looking into herbs, um, look into, does this plant look like any other plants that may kill me? Because that information is out there as well. Mm-hmm. Or even in plant families, like the tomato and the potato come from the deadly nightshade family. And because of that, when Europeans brought them over to Europe from the Americas, they thought they were poisonous. That's why, you know, it's stereotypical to throw tomatoes at bad performers because they thought they were killing the performers because the tomatoes were poisonous. And it's because they're part of the deadly nightshade family and their leaves look similarly. So don't just be certain of what you're doing before you do it. Yeah. I am not responsible for you if you decide to go out and forage for herbs and you end up hurting or killing yourself. Or someone else, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, I... I, ha- I found this plant here. Let me make you a tea out of it. Also, some plants are, mm-hmm. some, you know, some one part of the plant is okay to ingest. Another part is deadly. Um, or it's okay if you mm-hmm. eat it. If it, It's not okay if you make it into a tea. Or it's okay if you make it into a tea, mm-hmm. but it will kill you if it's a tincture kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've talked about... Um, I, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but rosemary is like that. Rosemary can be toxic if you take it in really high quantities. So you don't want to say, take a tincture if you're pregnant, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just, we've also talked about elderberry. Elder berries are fine. The seeds are, 
That's why they're okay to use in a tea, but you don't want to munch on them. Same with most of the elder tree, like the berries and flowers are okay, but everything else is toxic. That's why you don't want to like work with elder wood or elder leaves or anything because it's all toxic. Well, I guess you could technically work with elder wood, but you don't want to burn it because the smoke gets off is toxic. Making a wand um, out of it will kill Voldemort, however. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I couldn't resist. Yes. As much as I hate Joe Rowling, I couldn't resist the Harry Potter joke. Wasn't the Elder Wand actually made of you, though, or was it actually made of Elder Wood? I know there's a lot yeah, of lore. I couldn't in tell that. you that much. Hold on a <laughs> sec. I'm Googling this. Huh. The Elder Wand is made of Elder Wood. Okay. Anyway. Hey, J.K. Rowling's, um, distraction JK Rowling's not as dumb as we thought she was. She's still pretty dumb, though. I'm, she's, she's still a turf, but anyway. Um, so, going back to the Into the Wild example, part of the reason why that dude died a horrible death is because he was just using a guidebook. So while some guidebooks I say would be okay, um, if you really want to be a hundred percent certain of what you are doing, and this is part of why I have not wild foraged for herbs um, extensively, you really just need to do an intensive course and get a teacher because that is really the only way that you are going to be have the knowledge to be able to wild forage and granted there's some things I know like like there's a lot of herbal medicine you can get from junipers and pine trees and I would be totally okay working with those or there's some other plants that I know really well um in the wild that I would be okay working with but I wouldn't be okay necessarily going out there and being like based on this guidebook I should be able to dig this up Really what you need to know is to have someone go out into the woods with you, point out the plant, be like, this is this plant, this is how it works, and then you have that knowledge in your head, and you can go back out and you can find it again. I've done one of these courses, and I got like a very surface level of knowledge, Um, but you know, I did one course on that. I feel like I would need to have extensive training to be able to go out into the woods and comfortably wild forage yeah. for herbs. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, yeah. It, however, if you do decide, you know, if you are very knowledgeable about herbs already, maybe this is something that you knew before witchcraft. That's, you know, your, your background, your area of expertise, but you've not incorporated witchcraft into it. There are some ways that witches when they do wild forage, some practices that we like to keep? Yes. So first of all, you do want to spiritually ask the plant's permission first, you know, connect with it and, you know, just intuitively gauge how the plant is feeling about your question of whether you could take some of it. And then if you do get a yes, you want to take maximum of a third of the plant. So that way there is enough for it to regrow and replenish itself. Um, and then le- and then thank it and leave it offerings. Um, and I heard on a podcast recently that there was this lady in England who is leaving offerings of salt. Oh, no. Don't do that. It will salt the earth. Leave like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was listening to this lady. She was building foot lodges and she was like, we go out and we cut the birches and we leave an offering of salt at each one. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You're salting the earth. Um, 
but yeah, don't do that. And, but leave, leave an offering, leave, like, I've heard of leaving a little, like, just pull the dead hair out of your hair. You, leaving your hair is good. Cause it's like, you're leaving a part of yourself in exchange for part of the plant. Um, I've also, you could like leave water or like pour an offering of like milk or wine or honey or something that's valuable. Um, but yeah, leave an offering, thank it. Don't take too much of it. And then from there, it's the same as if you grew the herbs and how you, uh, prepare, uh, them for use yeah yeah. I've always heard uh you take a third so a third for you a third for the wildlife and then a third so that it can uh reproduce and grow again Mm -hmm. exactly and yeah that's all you really need you don't need to take all of it so we just realized on the fly that this is going to be a longer episode so we are going to leave it here for today um but we hope you really enjoyed this and uh we'll be releasing another episode in two weeks with the second part. Uh, we're going to be talking about ways in which you can use herbs or prepare herbs for consumption. Um, we're going to talk about ways to use herbs in your spiritual practice, and we're going to be talking so, about some good beginner herbs. Yeah. For you to work all right. With. We. Oh. But and before we go, um, we just want to remind you again. We've talked a lot about how we are beginners in this. Um, so if if we've gotten something wrong, you can always let us know. Um, if you have more questions, we request that you reach out to people that have more knowledge about it. Again, we're kind of giving you all of our knowledge right now. Um, but you can reach out to us if you would like to. Uh, we're available at babywitchpod on Instagram and Twitter. Our Twitter doesn't have a lot of action and our Instagram hasn't lately either. That's that's on me. Um, but I do promise that we check them. I'm, I'm on Twitter like all the time, even if I'm not posting. Um, so at babywitchpod, or you can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you again in two Bye. weeks. Bye. Bye.